0: I think the biggest the biggest mistake that we see is that people just rush. They wait till the very end and then they go to Ikea and <laughs> they put some prints from Ikea on the wall. Even if you have a small budget, if you spend time and research and effort on those dollars, you can really create something that's far beyond the value of how much you spend.
1: What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino, become a real estate investor without the headache of tenants, toilets, and termites, all about building that passive wealth. Today, our guest is Martha Weidman from Nine Dot Arts. And today we're talking about the importance and the value of art and intentional design in our properties and our communities. And you might not have thought of this before. I think really not many people are out there talking about it. Martha is really one of the probably few, if not the only person talking about the importance and the value of art and design for real estate investors. But if you really think about it, communities where people want to stay, where they feel like it's a home, where they feel comfortable, have more value than, say, the equivalent property that feels kind of soulless and, and doesn't feel like home. To our tenants, so by reducing our tenant turnover, by reducing our the our vacancy, the number of times we need to replace our tenants, we can really save a lot of money, right? Because our turns are very expensive as real estate investors. So today, with Martha, we get into the value, we get into the actual process of designing our communities and engaging with uh, someone like Martha and her company, and we get into a few examples of community and intentional 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 design that they've used with other properties. So really fantastic discussion. And like I said, not a lot of folks are out there talking about this today. It's very important. If you're new to the show and you do enjoy it, you're an Apple podcast Apple Podcast user. I'm Tongue twisted today. If you're an Apple Podcast user, please take a quick second, leave us a rate and rating and review. Five stars, if you don't mind, it would be very much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That helps me feel good because I get to see that you guys are engaging with the content you're learning and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us if you do enjoy the show no matter what podcast app you're using look us up the passive wealth strategy show hit that subscribe button that way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every monday, tuesday and thursday. I'm your host Taylor Lote of a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate specifically apartment complexes with passive investors and split the return. In our in the past I don't know if we've thought about this specific aspect with properties that we've acquired. Yeah, we always try to make it look nice, but how can we really take it to the next level with helping our properties feel like a community by using these design concepts and improving our return? Maybe think about that in the future with our properties, and I think you should as well. Without any further ado, here we go with Martha Weidman. Martha, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Taylor. I'm excited to be on the show.
1: Hey, I'm excited to learn about art in real estate today and what it can do for us as real estate investors. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business, can you give us a quick intro? Tell us about what you did and what you do and let's dive into it.
0: Yeah. So Nine Dot Arts is the nation's only corporate art consulting firm that spans coast to coast. And we help developers and uh, real estate investors create value in their projects through art and culture so we help transform spaces through art
1: awesome well I, I think it's very it's great that you're you're bridging that gap right because i think as real estate investors we're so often you know we're we're really focused on the numbers right and it, but i can see that there's value in bringing art to us but you're kind of coming to us and saying creating value in our real estate investments. So, okay, great. I see that there's there's green, there are numbers here and there is upside in incorporating art into our real estate investments. Can you get us a a quick primer on where there is value to be created or what it can do for our real estate investments by, you know, in, say improving our our tenants experience in our properties?
0: Well, one of the articles that I like to reference when it comes to ROI and things like creative placemaking and art and culture is a report that was put out by the Urban Land Institute, which you might be familiar with. And in the Urban Land Institute survey on creative placemaking, they focus on art and culture and how to use that as a tool to create impact for your investments and create value. And so in that report, they talk about ROI and say, you know, for developers and real estate partners, ROI could include a few different things like shorter approval uh, shorter approval cycles and increased market value, increase in market recognition, faster sales or lease-ups, lower turnover rates, higher community buy-in, and just general ongoing support from the community. So generally, uh, when we see developers that invest into, or real estate investors that invest into adding that value through unique creative experiences uh, we see those faster lease ups higher retention rates and lower all over project costs when they're using creative placemaking as a tool
1: nice nice i like that so you know especially in the development world in in my city of richmond virginia we see very long uh approval cycles to actually get things through the city we have a lot of nimbyism in this city I think many other cities are are kind of like that, where everybody's got to have their say. It's got to be, you know, just just so right, or you're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of pushback. Now, could you help us understand what you mean by creative placemaking in the context of, you know, say, commercial real estate, maybe apartment complexes or real estate developments? What does that actually mean? You know, is it paint schemes, or are we going, you know, further beyond that and getting actual pieces of art?
0: Yeah, we're we're talking about building community through unique cultural installations. So um, I'll give you an example. When we were working on a project in San Diego, it was a historic renovation, um, adaptive re- reuse project that took an old bank building and created it into a hotel. Cool. And hotels similar to, to multifamily are going to have some amenity spaces, usually kind of a, some shared common areas. And in that main uh, check-in desk, you know, that main reception, this in multifamily would be like a leasing office, right? Kind of your main entry space. There's a large painting at the front. And that large painting uh, was, in this instance, we commissioned an artist named Sarah Stiver. And at the time, she was 20 years old, just coming out of art school. And she was from that area of San Diego. So we commissioned her to create this painting. It was her first big public corporate commission. And we selected her specifically to match the brand identity of what the the developer was trying to accomplish, right? They wanted to associate with the local creative community. They wanted to have something that was vibrant and gave a sense of energy and exuberance and enthusiasm. And so we had Sarah create a painting in her style. And the painting is a large image of a woman who is wearing a sundress and some red heels. And she is floating on a giant sea turtle pool floaty, just enjoying her vacation. And you can see nothing but joy and exuberance when you see this work of art. And so that sort of embodied the whole brand spirit, but beyond just like that marketing and brand image and embodiment, it went further from there. So the artist was sharing about it on her social media. She uh, brought a whole party of people for her 21st birthday to the to the site. And there was a big celebration. And of course, if you're running a restaurant or a bar, you want people to come and spend time there. So there was this big exuberant thing for her 21st birthday. And then for Halloween, people dressed up like that woman on the turtle floaty for Halloween. And we're posting it all on Facebook. So we're just talking about like this brand awareness, this image awareness, these things that become iconic images that help the community bond and connect. And when that happens, people feel... Uh, like they're a part of something. And that's really important to having long-term, long-term tenants and long-term investment in a place.
1: Yeah, that's great. And you get some you get a lot of positive press out of those things, especially engaging with the the local community. I, I don't even talk about living in Richmond that often on the show, but we have a, an arts college here, the VCU Arts School, and we see from time to time businesses say work with this school or hire students to you know accomplish put up a mural or something like that. And it gets a lot of positive press, you know, in the, the local media. People get really excited about that. And that is that is definitely good for those uh businesses, those investors who engage those local art students and get some of that, you know, a good, not sort of not really free, but sort of free press there in the the local media. So I see the value there.
0: Well, I um, would also want to share another example of of placemaking, what that looks like. So it could be a permanent work of art on display. It could also be something temporary. So, for example, when we were trying to bring awareness and attention to an entire district downtown, the Denver Theater District, that was a 14-block district, and one of the installations we created there was a temporary installation using a water-based pigment, pigment, and we colored 256 trees in the district in electric blue because that was the color of the district. It was this way to bring attention, and not only does it visually give you this iconic representation of a place, but we had this whole group of volunteers from the universities that came out and helped us color the trees. And then we had a day where we colored saplings and partnered with the public schools, And um, created a little grouping of 200 saplings that were also colored in blue. The mayor was there. The kids from the schools were there. They, all the saplings were colored and then those got distributed around to different parks in the city. So when you think about placemaking, you're thinking about ways of engaging socially, of creating like community bonding and community development. And art and culture are just a, a perfect entry point to those kinds of experiences.
1: Well, absolutely. And you mentioned permanent and temporary uh ways to 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 placemake, if I can uh use that that term or create that term maybe here. One of the things I think about here is say the especially in the light of a, a permanent uh type of piece of art or design is the Timelessness or lack of timelessness of a particular piece of design. And I think about the context of hotels. I think we've all been in older hotels that were designed in a particular time period and really haven't held up, or the same could be said for, you know, apartment buildings or other pieces of, say, commercial real estate. Whereas some out there have, okay, maybe they've been around for a while, they look a little dated, but this kind of held up. How do you think about the, the, Maybe the right word is trendiness, or or how long lasting "quote unquote" a particular design element could be when you know recommending a particular piece of uh, design. Well,
0: it's one of the questions that we ask in our visioning session in the early stage. What's your horizon? What's your time horizon when you think about investing in this property? And we've had clients who you know will answer three to four years. Some clients who will say 10, we've had one client who said a hundred years. And so it's really different when you're thinking about what's a timeless installation for a hundred years versus what's going to help me in three.
1: Mm, yeah. I mean, we, I feel like the hundred years is probably the way to go. You're going to get the, uh, the, the ba- maybe the best or the most, uh, I don't know. I'd probably like, I would probably appreciate that the most. I think we see a lot of say three-year type of investments that look extremely dated in three years. And then somebody else is going to have to come through and redesign. Maybe that's just my taste though.
0: I well, I think you're, you're spot on in that there right now, what we see just generally across multiple different verticals in real estate is a flight to quality. And I would say that the, uh, the average you know, the average consumer has a higher, let's say, threshold for quality recognition than they had five years ago, um, because we're now becoming accustomed in urban spaces, particularly to, you know, having amenities available to us. So in the commercial real estate sector, you really have to think about how you are going to portray Quality, not just with the object, but an entire feeling that comes through and through all aspects of your development and all aspects of your real estate. So quality is the most universal measure and people might not necessarily love the color, but they could appreciate the time and effort that it took to create the thing, right? So most people like a variety of styles You know, sometimes people say, well, I'm, you know, I really love modern, but they also would appreciate an experience that looks, you know, turn of the century. So people generally gravitate towards things that are very thorough, intentional, thoughtful, and well-built versus things that feel like they're going to fall apart.
1: (laughs) Do you want direct access to passive commercial real estate investments, including apartments, self-storage, medical facilities, hotels, and even more, CrowdStreet has you covered. They provide access to a wide variety of commercial real estate syndications for accredited investors. Over 520 deals have been closed through the platform and investors have placed over $2.1 billion, that's billion with a B, in those deals. Go to PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash CrowdStreet to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the CrowdStreet platform for full terms and conditions of what they offer. Once again, that's PassiveWealthStrategy.com CrowdStreet to get started. So speaking of, you know, quality, especially in light of, you know, real estate, real estate investors, what do you think most people like tend to get wrong when say, say thinking about design or or quality, if, if they don't say hire the professional, they do it themselves, where do they go wrong? And besides everywhere, (laughs)
0: Mm. I think the biggest, the biggest mistake that we see is that people just rush. They wait till the very end and then they go to Ikea and (laughs) they put some prints from Ikea on the wall. Even if you have a small budget, if you spend time and research and effort on those dollars, you can really create something that's far beyond the value of how much you spend. So, you know, it's not a one plus one equals two. It's like, ikea is going to degrade the value of everything else you've done versus if you do it thoughtfully you're actually going to amplify and increase the value of every other aspect of the property so think about placemaking art culture as the finishing touch but it's that it's that last mile that's so important you don't want to stop before the finish line and so even if you're doing it on your own or you're doing it on a shoestring or however you're approaching this just make sure you're thinking about it in the early stage. How are we going to integrate art? Can we get an artist involved in the planning or design process? Can we get an art consultant involved? How are we thinking about where the lighting goes? Because you can be really strategic. Even if you're doing a very simple RCP and some, you know, simple reflected ceiling plan with simple lighting, you can place that lighting strategically to go right onto. Uh, to, to highlight artwork or sculpture or some interesting components of the design.
1: Hmm, nice. So you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, uh, I don't if I recall the term that you use, but a, a consulting session that you have with clients before going down the path of, of doing a project with them and asking, mm-hmm. say, their their whole time, whether it's uh, three to four years or 100 years and things like that. I want to ask, what should folks know before they go into it? What what is involved with that session and what kind of priorities do you, you look for or should folks think about they want to go down this path?
0: Oh, great question. So when you are thinking about any sort of investment uh, in, in the in the built environment, some key things to remember are how do you want people to feel when they're in this space? What do you want them to say? how do you want them to describe this place to their friends? So the visioning session is really going to be, how do we answering those questions and then matching it to a mood board or concept board. So you want to think through the feeling like, and we as consultants will help you develop a vision, but you want to make sure you have one. If you don't have a vision you know, it's hard to match to that. So as an investor, have a vision for your investment.
1: Well, I, I think the way that you you put that is that that helps think about that helps me think about what a vision might even be. Because if you if you were to just ask me what's your vision, I would say, well, I need you to help me figure out your my vision. But if you ask me, how do I want people to feel in here? That helps me understand what you mean behind what a what what a vision might even be.
0: Yep. How do you want people to feel? What do you want them to say? Um, what kind, if this building had a theme song, what would it be? Right. Can you think of a, of a property that you're working on right now, or one of the, one of the properties that you're looking to acquire and and if it has a song or an actor or actress that you can match it to? Hmm.
1: That's interesting. I have to really, I'd have to really think about that. I feel like a lot of folks uh, they might pick uh, the wrong kind of song, like like "Born in the USA," great song, but it's kind of about like it's born down in this dead man's town. You know, you got actually listen to the lyrics, but that's, that's interesting to think about. So you mentioned a, a hotel that was converted from from an old bank building. Also, wanted to ask, can you tell us about some other projects that you work on and and types of clients that you work with, so we can you know really have a good understanding for what this type of service or who this type of service makes sense for
0: sure so we've worked on 825 commercial real estate projects across 35 states in five different countries so we've worked across a huge part of the u.s and and we've seen a lot of different types of developments our verticals include multifamily, hospitality corporate office, mixed use. We even do some health care and some large-scale cultural land plans. So community activation planning through a long-term view. For example, if you have 20,000 acres and this acreage is going to be a future town or a future city, how do you think about art and culture as a part of that? So some of the things we get involved in even include urban design level, uh, but for community engagement, placemaking, and culture.
1: Nice. I really like that. And and I've been thinking about this, this somewhat recently because I've been doing some traveling and I, I, I'm still talking about Richmond here, but Richmond is a very artistic city. And I think there's been a lot of thought put into that. And after moving here years ago now, I didn't realize it at the time, but the city really feels like it has a lot of culture and our little, you know, towns in the area feel like they have a lot of culture. And when I travel to other areas that it's not thought through, I, I, it just doesn't feel like it could be home or I, I, I go there. Like it and, could
0: be anywhere, like you're not sure where you are because it could be anywhere.
1: Absolutely. 100 percent. You know exactly what I mean. And even here, we're starting to see some of these newer developments that it just feels so cookie cutter. You know, they maybe they could have gone a little further in their the the design and understanding the city and what would help it really feel like it's a part of the city. Maybe they would be selling their their say their homes at uh, their townhomes at a little slightly higher valuation because otherwise it feels like it's just like I said cookie cutter. So I think I, I can see the value here for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about some of the civilizations over history, right? Over the course of humanity. And what do you remember about them? What sort of icon do you picture when you think of Paris?
1: The Eiffel Tower.
0: Eiffel Tower. Yeah. What about New York?
1: I just, I think about the skyline. I mean, the the Empire State Building.
0: Empire State Building. Statue Statue of Liberty. Liberty.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Mm -hmm. So Statue of Liberty, Eiffel Tower, You know, you've got like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. If you're thinking about Italy and certain regions, you might think about in Copenhagen, they have the Little Mermaid based on the Hans Christian Andersen story, (laughs) which I love. So, you know, art becomes this way to represent the greatest assets of humanity for our civilization. And so when you're describing what it feels like to be in those towns, right, they probably, they just... They're imbued with people who it just feels like they, they care, right? They've got the sense of culture and uniqueness and authenticity and identity that is irreplaceable in a lot of ways.
1: Wow. I love that. And that gets to the, for us as real estate investors who are here to make a return, it goes back to what you said about the Urban Land Institute in terms of better retention of tenants you have less turnover and then and and turns can be a very big expense in terms of if we're leasing out property and if folks really feel like home they feel like they want to stay because there's some deliberate work put into the design obviously we have to provide good service and you know be good landlords and all those things too that's obviously very important but having the place feel like a community can help folks really want to stay and that saves us money as real estate investors. So I love it. I see how it contributes to the bottom line.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk, because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called GroundFloor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry, they make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the Ground Floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com groundfloor ground floor or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Martha, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Ready. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made uh, other than in your education?
0: (laughs) So I feel like maybe people would want me to say art. (laughs) but I'm not going to say that because I love the artwork that I buy so much that I hold. So I am a long-term hold when it comes to art. So we'll see, maybe that will be the best investment I've ever made for my children. The best investment that I have ever made is actually in real estate. Uh, When I was young and just getting the company going, my partner and I decided to purchase our office building and we bought a building in, uh, the River North Arts District. And you may have heard about this district. It then became well known when it was published in the New York Times as being one of the fastest growing, hottest market cultural districts in the country. So we, you know, we moved in when the neighborhood was still pretty industrial, bought our corporate office building and watched the neighborhood grow up around us, and then you know, sold only because we were expanding and we could not even fit in that space anymore. We couldn't expand any direction. We had gotten as big as we could possibly get in that one location. So um, the best investment I ever made was in real estate.
1: Awesome, I love that. I think more small businesses really, if they have the capacity, the opportunity, should look at buying the property that they're leasing because, I mean, it's good to be a triple net real estate investor. And if you can invest in that property you're occupying over the long run, you get that appreciation potential. You're not sending all that money to the landlord. And I don't know any we have a net, great but I'd love relationship
0: to. with our tenants.
1: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad it worked out for you. We had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made?
0: Oh, well, it's kind of similar because my Uh, One of the best, another best and worst investment was when we built our our app, our technology, it has now become one of our greatest assets, but it's been through a few iterations. And I don't know if you've ever built an app or built software, but it's easy to rabbit hole. So I would recommend always getting some advice and a product designer involved. I over-engineered a 2.0 version of our app and probably spent a lot more time and money on that than I ever should have, (laughs) because we had to scrap a lot of it. Uh, but now like recouping the assets that are left in there, it's become one of the greatest things that we own.
1: Well, that speaks to the power of, of commitment to good ideas though, because if you have a good idea and it's not working out, then, you know, if you keep working on it, then you can hopefully turn it around. But I think also apps are, are very tempting and many businesses are kind of, uh, if you pardon the phrase, have kind of half-assed it and it hasn't worked out. So it's that, uh, balancing act.
0: You know, what I learned from that is you want to fail fast. Yeah. So, you know, try, give it everything and, but also just let it rip, right? Try it, build it and, but don't spend too much time and money on it. Like just build something lightweight and see how it goes. Piloting, it can be really, really useful.
1: Nice. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing?
0: Hmm. So I think about a quote from Maya Angelou, and I get it mostly, mostly right, but I think it's so important. She said that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. It matters how you make people feel. And I think that's so important in every aspect of what we're doing. When you're working with your team internally, when you're helping to create unique experiences. Everything that you do is about how people feel. And so just checking that with every single action that you take is really important.
1: That is so right. And it's something that I didn't. I I think by the time I started to understand that, or even have a concept of that, I wish I'd started picking up on that many years before. Because it's that's everything. It's how people. It's whether people like you. It's whether people want to do business with you. It's whether people want to be friends with you. It's it's all those things. Comes down to how you make them feel. That's all there is to it.
0: Easy to say, hard to do.
1: Hundred percent. Martha, thank you for joining us today and and teaching us about this really unique thing to think about in the real estate world. I think we need more discussion about incorporating art into our properties and our businesses and how we make people, how we make our tenants, how we make our customers feel. If folks want to learn more about you, if they want to reach out to you, if they want to learn about your business or any of that great stuff, where can they find you?
0: You can find our website at nine.arts.com. That's N-I-N-E-D-O-T-A-R-T-S.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, Martha Weidman. So check me out, either of those places.
1: All right, great. Martha, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's very much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. It helps me feel good because I get to see that you guys are engaging with the content and escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.